All right, it is the ninth. Yeah, that sounds right. That mattress was pretty hard. <laughs> uh, it was still better than sleeping in the Jeep with the AC and everything, and I got the shower, so I feel pretty good. Came into Ottawa, and uh, man, I actually like this town. I I was surprised at how like it's the way small towns should be. Like, I got the same vibe when I was in Kansas. It must just be the Bible Belt, man. Like, people care about their surroundings. They don't let it fall apart. Now, I know that is not true for all of Southeast Kansas, but there were some towns there where people really, like, they put in the effort to make sure their surroundings were taken care of. And they didn't wait for some government bureaucrat to assign somebody with their taxpayer dollars or whatever. So Ottawa is like that. It's very clean. It's real nice. I ate at, uh, was it Franny's, I think? Dude, my breakfast was $5.99 biscuits and gravy. That was their special. And I had a thing of coffee, which was like a buck ten or no, it was a buck twenty-five. She apologized because it went up in price. And I was like, you, you're telling me you're apologizing because my breakfast is like eight dollars? <laughs> That's. Wow, so I'll be going there tomorrow. Um, yeah, I, th I think it's like Franny's or something. Let me just to make sure I'm looking it up right. I went went ahead and followed their Facebook just because I was like, yeah, this is really good. Well, I don't want to just sit here and not record. So okay, uh, I'll move on. Anyway, um, yeah, so pretty cool little town. Okay, I'm gonna go up to. Uh, Waiting, whiting. I still haven't figured out how you say it. Head um, east, and then turn left. Okay. She's nudging me to get my ass moving. So I'm going to go ahead and go do that. Get up there, get my tickets, all that stuff. Alright, it's July 10th. I just didn't record anything yesterday because that whole thing ended up being so much more than I ever could have expected it was incredible so what I did was something with uh, on set cinema which is uh, they basically do showings of movies at the locations where that they, they were filmed and um, the one I went for was children of the corn <clears throat> and there were layers of uh, what you could get in terms of packages that like a la carte stuff I guess you could consider it and uh, so I uh, purchased I guess the largest package um, which was only $80 <laughs> and then I included a $20 t-shirt with it so you know a hundred bucks that ain't bad um, so the whole thing was pretty cheap because what I got for that hundred bucks was a personalized, like, t-shirt for the event, you know, whatever. Um, then we got a tour of the filming locations, and, uh, that was done with, um, two people. One was the director, Fritz Kirsch, uh, 
and the uh, other was this guy who's like a mega fan and I guess he did the tours last year and he knows the filming locations his name's John oh, I feel bad about it. I'm gonna have to look this up hold on That's unfortunate. I went to his page, childrenofthecornmovie.com, and I can't find his name. Like, he's got all this stuff, but he doesn't put his own information just as, like, a reference. But, well, so they were talking to him that night, and I talked to him a little bit throughout the day. <clears throat> but the bus tour, there was a walking tour downtown first, where we all met and kind of checked in for the event. And uh, we did this walking tour, and it was the director's first time back there. Um, so he was walking, and he would just be, oh, yeah, you know, kind of remembering things as he went on. And uh, then it would jog another memory or a story or some sort of, like, anecdotal thing that had happened at maybe, like, the hotel or how they discovered a shot, um, like just all this really cool sort of I guess you would consider it trivia um, but hearing it directly from the guy who you know organized the making of the movie it was like oh my gosh um, and then uh, John also provided uh, other contextual details which then triggered other memories for the director and it was just very very cool so we do this walk around downtown and if you haven't seen the movie there's huge sections of the movie that are filmed in there's really like it's a couple blocks <clears throat> the town's very small and uh, there's this kind of flagpole in the center of town right in the street and big portions of the movie take place in and around that flagpole so, you know, being there, it hadn't changed dramatically since the filming. So that was already kind of weird. <coughs> um, but then as we're walking around and he's pointing out shots and you're starting to kind of reference them with the movie and other people had their phones out and they're checking film stills and stuff like that. Very cool. Following that, we get on a bus and then we travel to other filming locations, like where the children's house is uh, in, uh, I think the town was Hornick. Um, by the way, this was in Whitting, Whiting, still, I think it was Whitting. But yeah, so, okay. We go and we check out some of the other filming locations. They show us where the... On the walking tour initially, we got to see where the exterior of the diner was from the beginning of the movie, and then the next town over, the building, well, where it used to stand, um, of the interior shots for the diner. But uh, it had burned down, so <clears throat> couldn't really see the actual one. So ba but basically, there are scenes looking from inside the diner looking out, and you... Uh, can see the background um, that was behind the character Isaac in there. So that was neat. Um, and then we went to another town. And so basically, to summarize, instead of giving you all the nuance and details, we got to spend five 
hours with the director of a cult film going over how the film was made, pretty cool anecdotal stories, and it was just like, holy crap, man, like, what, what an experience. We get done with that, we come back to the center of town, and then included was autographs and pictures with the director. So then we get to get autographs of whatever we brought. So if people brought like DVDs and whatever, a lot of people, there was a few people who brought VHS copies of the movie. Very, very cool. Um, but while we're standing in line, John from the children of the corn walks up to those of us who have been standing in the back of the line and starts handing us 35 millimeter film cells from the original trailer. Like, first of all, how the fuck do you get that? And then he just gave it to us. So that was incredible. And it's just like, oh my gosh, okay. So I had purchased a poster that I thought was neat and uh, had the director sign it and the there's a card with the film cell you know the authenticity card had him sign that which was man I don't know how to explain how my expectations were you know they weren't super high because I'd never done anything like this and the only comparison that I would have is like a comic con but in a comic con you you know, you're limited in access. You you get in a line, you go up, maybe you get to talk to the guy. Like when I went and met um, the guy who plays Space Ghost, there wasn't a huge line because Comic-Con is like the younger crowd tends to gravitate towards, you know, and comics for one. And a weird-ass 90s late-night show like Space Ghost Coast to Coast, there wasn't a huge line for it. So I got, had the ability to kind of talk with him for a little while, and, you know, it was that was neat. But that's not always the case. And a lot of those people, like, when I would go wait in line with some of my friends who wanted to get autographs, some of them, the actors and stuff, would just be sitting on their phones ignoring people until they have something to sign. And it's just like, man, what a fucking, how rude. Why are you even here? But Fritz Kirsch was super chummy, like he was down to earth, open to any and all questions, really friendly, and then we got our pictures, and I was just like, man, I'm never going to experience anything quite like this again. This was incredible, and it was a one-off sort of, I, you know, it lined up with me going to get my South Dakota driver's license. So, okay, we get done with all that. I go grab something to eat at the diner there because I want to make sure I bring money into the economy of this little town because they did this thing last year, and the guests last year were a bunch of children um, who were in the cult in Children of the Corn. And this year there was a couple of the, the back actors who were children because they used some of the locals when they were children to do the movie. So, of course, they still live there, so they came back. 
and it was the first time the director had seen them since they were kids, which was pretty awesome. But then it was like, okay, well, we've got a few hours until, you know, things kind of pick back up. And uh, so I went back to the cabin, showered stuff, took a nap, come back. And, like, throughout the day I had met a few people. All common interests, so it's easy to find something to talk about because we're all there to talk about or learn about, see, experience, children of the corn. I had brought my Canon T6i, and it's got a boom mic and all this other stuff. Not a boom mic, uh, it's a fuzzball mic. I forget what it's called. It's sort of directional. And so I'm filming stuff, and there's another guy there filming stuff, and we're kind of filming the same things. And finally, I'm like, I, I look at him, I'm like, hey, you know, we're kind of filming the same stuff. Do you want to just share footage? And instead of me having redundant videos of what you have, I can do like B-roll and get like the people who are here, the director, the organizer, uh, Kenny, um, John from Children of the Corn Movie, uh, the places that we're going and, you know, anything anecdotal that seems like it would be, you know, fields of corn and stuff like that. Um, that seems like it would be a good way to sort of cut together an interview. And he was like, yeah, sure. Come to find out they're from JNL, uh, videos on YouTube. They have like 10,000 subscribers. Oh, okay. Wow. Uh, that's cool. Didn't, didn't expect that shit. And then later in the day, we're kind of, we're, few of us are just bullshitting and you know you're meeting people as you're going along and you're having conversations and people are asking and I'm like ah oh, yeah I'm not really a YouTuber I mean I have a YouTube channel but I don't like it's not what I do for um, a job or anything like that so you know I'm kind of being nonchalant about it because like especially after meeting the guys from JNL videos I was like eh, you know but then I meet these guys and it turns out they have, or had, I guess, a prod, pro, uh, podcast called uh, CF3. And they've got some of the videos online, but CF3 was Cult Films 3, where there's three guys giving interviews to these uh, people who were involved in making all kinds of movies. Um, and then they're on... Uh, uh, their parent channel, if you want to call it that, is called Project Nerd. Well, they have 1.52 thousand subscribers. So it's like, oh, wow, okay. You know, this is an interesting sort of like world where I'd never considered it, but I'm meeting these people. And now, all of a sudden, I've taken on a project because when I was talking to the guys, um, Jim and Andrew from JNL videos, uh, Jim's like, well, I'm not really going to do anything. We do stuff with tractors. Like nobody would watch this on our channel. And I'm like, Oh, uh, okay. So now all of a sudden I am going to be responsible for <laughs> cutting together the interview footage and trying to make it, I don't know, not boring. So I'm like, oh, okay. I, didn't sign up to do this kind of a thing because I was just going to do my normal sort of travel travel stuff where I've got some images over music and took some like anecdotal stories to throw in and I was just going to do my normal thing but now I'm like oh 
I actually have to like, because as people were coming up, they were trying to get my information. So that way, eventually when I get the video done, they could see it or have the link to it or get a copy and almost like, oh, uh, okay. I might've accidentally bit off more than I could chew here, but you know, it is what it is. Like at this point, I'm like, uh, well, I'm here. Didn't plan on this happening, but, um, you know, now I, now I'm kind of got to do it. So I definitely want to give it some thought. I don't want to do a shit job, but, uh, yeah. So just very interesting. And I plan to do more of these cause I was surprised at how awesome it was, but the real kicker. So the real thing you go to do experience see is the movie at a location where something from the movie was filmed in this particular case big portions of the movie children of the corn were filmed on this main street and they put the screen up right at the flagpole and uh it the only word that i can describe it very surreal it, it was like when it got to the sections where Vicky and Bert, or if you go by actors, Linda Hamilton and Peter Horton pull into town, all of a sudden you're right next to the screen. You're seeing where their 77 uh, Buick LeSabre Limited pulled through town. And you're just like looking around and the buildings haven't changed and it's just like, oh, oh my God, this was right here. That scene shot right there. And it, man, there is the only way that I can describe it is surreal. That's the only word that really like kind of, and it doesn't really fully articulate just kind of the sensation of watching that. Like when, when Malachi, what was it? Courtney Gaines, I think played Malachi brings Vicky, Linda Hamilton, to the town square and he's yelling, Outlander, uh, we have your woman, she still lives, and then he cuts her cheek and it's right there, right where the screen is sitting is where that scene takes place. Wow. That was so crazy. And then after all this, after spending five hours with the director and all this other stuff, there are people who paid to only see the movie where it was filmed and they didn't do the bus tour and stuff. So there's an additional Q and a with the director at the end that went on for about a half hour and there were still more stories. He still had new stuff that he was sharing. Yeah, it was, it was, it was very cool. It was very unique, super interesting. If you're a film buff or you have like a favorite movie, Man, it's so interesting. And like I said, the the ultimate experience of watching the movie where it was filmed is so surreal. I I don't know, man. I'm going to remember this for a long time. Like this was such a gratifying and awesome experience. I'm really happy that I did this. And I now that I've done one and I I have a better understanding of what it is that that is being done here. I definitely want to do more of them. And they have stuff like, um, Carrie, where you can f- 
watch Carrie in the gymnasium where the kind of penultimate scenes take place. Um, My Bloody Valentine, you can watch it at the mine. Um, and I think Peter, what is it, Peter Cowden? Uh, the guy who plays the miner in the movie is going to be there signing autographs, taking pictures while he's holding in a pickaxe. And he's not just signing autographs of anything you want. You can opt to get a heart-shaped box of chocolates for him to sign. That's pretty cool and interesting and unique. And I've noticed that with a lot of these things as I'm sorting through the movies that they're going to have coming out. He, the, the coordinator of on-set cinema... Kenny Caperton, I believe is his name, has put thought into coming up with these interesting and unique sort of angles aside from the viewing at the location, which is already amazing. He's put thought into how to make it kind of even more special, which is really cool. Um, Astoria, you can go see The Goonies. Um, They're doing what is it like home alone and you can watch it in the church where Kevin talks with the preacher right before the kind of like events at the house in the movie take place as the burglars break in. Um, the, they're doing the dark night from Bruce Wayne's, uh, penthouse where he holds the fundraiser for Harvey Dent that gets crashed by the Joker and the sort of like infamous now, dialogue of why so serious pops out of that monologue that the Joker has about how he got the scars on his face so you can watch it from there what? that's incredible now, I don't know the, the the perks of all of these but it's like this is just like some that I remember off the top of my head but he's doing stuff like this all the time their site I was going through, they had done Beetlejuice and East Corinth, which is up in Vermont. And I, I, some of these, I have done tours on my own because I like to go and see where these movies that were filmed. And now that I know that he coordinates stuff like this and the level and access that he has because of it, of, of having this thing going on for the last couple of years where he can bring in talent who are involved in the making of the movie, man, that changes the dynamic. I'm still going to travel and like see places like I'm outside of St. Louis. And one thing I never knew because I never would have thought this and found out through somebody who organizes the monster, uh, God, what was it? It's a con. It's a horror con that takes place in, uh, Northern Illinois <laughs> in the Quad Cities area. I have to look it up. I think it's like, it's not Monster Mash. That's what I want to say, but it's not, it's like the monster something. It's Horrorcon. And he's a part of that. So I was going to look that up and then try to go up there. Um, but yeah, like, he was telling me that down in St. Louis, uh, huge portions of escape from new york were filmed i never knew that and i love escape from new york so now i am gonna have to go look up all this stuff and figure out where it was done so i can go see them 
it was in my backyard the entire time I was in high school and the entire time in between military and Amazon. Like, I could have done it at any time and had no idea. So, you know, that was cool to learn. Um, yeah, so just going to really kind of savor this and think about it on the trip home. But, man, what an incredible experience. So I didn't record anything yesterday because of that because that was wonderful um yeah man so now i'm i'm just it's the next day it's about six in the morning i'm southbound on 2980 uh going to kansas city omaha and i'm just i'm driving seven hours back well six and a half now because i just spent a half hour talking uh just like wow man I actually kind of want to come back to Whitting. Um, So the movie takes place in October. And I'd like to come back during that time frame and kind of do another visit where there won't be anybody around. And kind of do some shot-for-shot stuff. We'll see if I'm actually able to. With this whole dog-sitting thing, I I don't know how free I am to really do anything like that. I mean, I might have to bring the dog, but I don't know if he can travel. I don't know how to... Will he behave? Like, I don't know. So, got to figure that out, I guess. But, yeah. Really interesting. On-set cinemas. Check it out. Totally worth it. And, like I said, the tickets... So, the tickets, if you were an Outlander... Uh, not from winning Iowa were 30 bucks, but $30 for the movie and you get to see it where it was filmed. That's, that's actually really cheap. But the thing about it is Kenny, like he just kind of does this on his own. So he doesn't have to pay a staff and all these other sort of things that you would have to as a business. So I guess that allows him to keep the prices a little bit lower, which is cool. Because if he became like a full-on like functioning business with lots of employees setting all these things up, and uh, that's going to push the prices up. But I don't know. I'm really happy that he's doing what he's doing. So, yeah. Uh, I guess I'm just going to sit here and kind of just dwell on everything that happened and digest it from yesterday because that was incredible. So I just filled up in Mountain City, Missouri. Left onto I-29 South. At the Casey's that I stopped through on the way here. Uh, and saw E85 since it was on the way back and I needed to get gas. It was about the same amount uh, in terms of what I needed. So I filled up getting E85. Using my Casey's rewards. Using Upside to get kickbacks. And then I used fetch when I bought food inside just to, you know, tide me over for the trip for additional kickbacks plus my Casey's rewards. And now I'm going to see how the vehicle... One hour and one minute to exit 14, I-435 oh, I got shot up. Um, <clears throat> see what it drives like on the E85, if I can even tell the difference. I, I don't know. I... 
worried that it might do something because I've literally never put E85 into this engine even though it's supposed to be a flex engine. It's never even crossed my mind until on the way to Sioux Falls when I discovered this. So the overall cost to fill up my tank for about the same it was like I think it was 18 or something gallons the last time and it was 95 bucks this time it was 65 bucks and it was maybe a little less maybe it was 19 gallons last time and 18 gallons this time big difference though in cost like 65 bucks I'm a little more used to that uh but the 95 that was a hard pill to swallow so I used that website um, to find places, and then I realized, oh, the Mountain City one's on the way. But I guess I'm going to have to try to do continue to do that if this thing continues to drive, you know, the same. Um, I, I guess I need to learn about E85 because I don't quite understand what it is. Um, it just says ethanol 51 to 83% or 85% or whatever. So I'm assuming it's 85% ethanol, but, uh, or can be up to 85% ethanol. But I mean, I don't know what ethanol is. I never cared enough to know. Now I'm kind of curious, like, why is this a thing? Why can my vehicle run on it? So I guess I'm gonna have to do a little bit of research. Um, yeah. Interesting. I guess we'll see how it drives now. Well, I have been driving for about an hour and engine is totally fine. Like I've heard nothing weird. There's no lights on the dash. So I guess, uh, 85 man that's that's cool I'm um I'm happy I found that and I'm happy I found the tool to look around the country this is going to change a lot <laughs> kind of stupid now I feel like I sh- should have probably known about this years ago but I don't know if there was a price difference years ago it could just be cheaper now because like everything is batshit but I'll have to keep my eyes out man that's really happy I came across this. So I just got to half a tank and decided to pull off and stretch my legs. And the stop I picked was an E85 gas pump. I just got gas, so hold on. I got $34.14 in gas for 12 gallons and 12.886 12.886 gallons, which means I just paid two dollars and sixty-four, so sixty-five cents to two point six four nine. So two sixty-five for gas. That's incredible. Now, god damn these cars. One thing I have learned in driving the last few hours with E85 is it's not as uh, fuel efficient like the average miles per gallon for my 2015 Jeep Grand Cherokee Limited is about 22 gallons or 22 miles per gallon and it has since I filled up with the 85 been kind of gradually dropping 
I'm at 21.3. I'll have to see what it looks like when I get all the way home, running on nothing but E85 for the like the last you know six hours of my trip. Um, but I mean, whatever. If I'm paying 265 a gallon, fucking who cares? That offsets that uh, lack of efficiency pretty dramatically in cost. Man, that's nuts. Alright, I'm in the home stretch, about 20 minutes from the RV. Uh, average mileage on E85 is 21.5, so it went up a little bit. It's not bad. So my average mileage on regular gas is 22, and on E85 is 21.5, and it's dramatically cheaper. So there's, I mean, there's a slight loss of mileage, but it's so overshadowed by the cost of the fuel, like, it doesn't even matter. Um, so that's, that's pretty cool. Uh, probably just going to close it out here because once I get home, I'm just basically going to be unpacking, filling up the cat food dish, filling up the water dish, emptying their litter tray after four or five days, feeding the dog, you know, just unpacking, doing laundry, getting ready for work tomorrow. So it's just, yeah, might as well just close this out here. So with that, uh, be safe and keep your eyes on the road.